This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the offseason, the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. All right, Paul, we'll, we'll kind of close out the podcast in the next couple minutes the way the Giants close out the draft. Talking about these day three guys, Eric Gray running back out of Oklahoma, Trey Hawkins, Love uh, corner safety athletic freak out of Old Dominion, Jordan Riley, the D-tackle of Oregon, and Javarius Owens, who's obviously going to be a special teamer to start, but has the tools eventually maybe to be a starting safety out of Houston. Uh, you know, kind of give me your pecking order, Paul. What, what do you like out of here the most? Uh, you know, work your way down and give some thoughts on, you know, do you think all these guys end up making this roster this year? All right, I want you to stay seated now, Sean. I'm Eric here. Eric Gray out of Oklahoma reminds me an awful lot of Ahmad Bradshaw. Let's go. The thing that's missing is he doesn't have that second burst. He is physical. He is strong. His measurables are very similar to Bradshaw's. He runs between the tackles. He's not afraid to get physical and pick up the blitz. He's got terrific hands out of the backfield and can be a third down back in the meantime. He has everything you would want out of Ahmad Bradshaw, except Bradshaw, even though he didn't have a great 40 time, when you watched his play speed, when he got through to that second level, he hit the button on the afterburners and had a burst and could go for 40 yards. Gray is more likely going to get caught after 25 or 30. He doesn't okay. have that long speed home run hitter in him, but he's got everything else that Ahmad Bradshaw had. So I project that if Barkley is a one and done, and we don't know how long he'll be here, he'll be here this year, but if he's a one and done, I project Eric Gray as the lead back in a rotating backfield beginning in 2024 if Barkley is not around. I think that highly of this player. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I mean, and look, we've seen this is the value of running backs, right? The, the anti-Saquon Barkley argument is how many teams can find guys that can absolutely contribute in different roles, running backs by committees. I mean, you saw the Chiefs last year with, with uh, Isaiah Pacheco out of, out of Rutgers in the seventh round as well. So be interesting. And I, and I wonder, by the way, the way you talk about him not having that second burst, if Gray's inevitably maybe going to steal some of those goal line carries as well, you know, well, kind of keep the wear and tear off Barkley as the year not goes impossible. on. Not impossible. 
Not impossible, Sean, because when you watch him, he keeps his legs churning, much like Bradshaw did. You look at him and you say, okay, you're not the tallest guy. You're not the widest guy. You don't have those thick quads or thick thighs. You, and you say no, but then you watch the tape. And he's very, very physical. He will run it right up there between the tackles, and his legs don't stop. He finds ways to sneak in behind those linemen and then get underneath them, and with leverage, he will push the pile. He will get yards after contact. This is a good player. Now, do you think this means they don't carry Gary Brightwell or they carry four backs? Uh, you know, like what, what do you think? I happens? think it's a hell of a competition because the okay. Giants now now a good enough team where they've got a real numbers game problem. Yeah, there are which good, a good thing to have. Players right. that aren't going to make the 53. Where do you steal that extra spot from? Do you steal it from the running back room? Do you steal it from the DB's room? Do you steal it from the tight end's room? I mean, where are you going to steal the spot from? I mean, yeah. uh, the Giants are going to have some really tough decisions to make in August. Which you wonder, maybe the Giants find a way to acquire another sixth or seventh round pick at the end of camp by trading somebody. We'll see. And that's kind of the masterclass of Shane. All right. Now, these other guys at the end here. You know, I think I was mildly surprised that they spent two of the final three picks in the defensive backfield because you just talked about they, you know, now they're suddenly very loaded there. Um, you know, maybe not great, great players, but, you know, that those are guys that you hope make the team there at the end. Hawkins seems like just an athletic freak, though, Paul, that they're really, yeah. you know, positive about is his raw ability. Sub 4-4 four, four speed when he was timed. I believe 4-3-9 was his quickest time. Uh, he He's a tackler, and he's got burner speed. So now you think about it. The Giants right now, Nick McLeod was their best gunner last year. But I think we could all agree he was good, but if you could upgrade, you certainly would like to try. Yeah, for sure. And, and the Giants, the Giants could use some better coverage units on specials. <laughs> I think that's where Hawkins fits in. And we honestly, were the special teams podcast. We we highlighted that plenty. Okay. And Javarius Owens the same way out of Houston. This is a guy who, you know, he's over six feet tall. Uh, maybe not quite the burner speed, but both Hawkins and Owens have length. Okay, I believe if I'm not mistaken, both of them are in the 80 percentile in terms of defensive backs length coming out of the combine. Well, Owens had a couple of block punts a couple of years ago in college. So he's definitely a special teams guy who when you have length, you've got the ability to get down there and make make plays in coverage. And you also have the ability to get after the punter or the kicker. So I think what the Giants did was they saw athletic ability and traits that could be very, very useful on specials. I'm not so sure that either one of those guys fit on the depth chart as much as they may be special teams demons. The question becomes, how many special teams roster well, spots can the Giants put on the back of their 53? Because that's a luxury. And that's what I was going to follow up with. Obviously, when you take guys on day three, how they make a team is on special teams. But you know, they carried a couple of these guys like Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin, who mainly only saw the field for special Correct. teams. Correct. So I guess what I'm asking you is, were they taken specifically with special teams in mind or taken with, yeah, we like their special teams, but we think we could develop them later on as guys in the secondary? Well, there were so many corners and safeties ahead of both players. I think those guys were taken with the potential that they could be special teams demons. And if it means that you got to put those two DBs ahead of those two linebackers and revamp your special teams that way, well, may the best man win. Nobody's yeah. guaranteed spots, especially not on the back of the roster. Because Cam Brown's so, a damn good gunner, too. I mean, it's crazy if they, you know, 
They're going to have to cut somebody. Well, there's no question. And, and the truth of the matter is, Coughlin and Cam Brown have not proven that they can necessarily give you value uh, out of the standard defense, yeah. even in a sub package. They haven't proven that. And, and even on special teams, they've been two of the Giants' better special teams guys. But you're not going to sit there and tell me they can't improve on that production. Well, that's true too. I mean, if you're the best on a, on a unit that's not that good, then you know, right? We we could obviously improve everywhere. All right, real quickly before I let you go, just any thoughts at all? A guy I don't know much about, you know, playing at Oregon, Jordan Riley, the D tackle. It's worth noting the Giants have added a Sean Robinson. They've added Nacho. They have obviously Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence. Uh, last year they drafted Davidson as well. Uh, it feels like it's going to be Riley v. Davidson for that fifty tackle spot here, Paul. And Ryder Anderson has put on some bulk during Ryder the offseason. And I think they Ryder like Anderson as a flexible guy who can play multiple positions on the defensive line. So does Riley so, have the most uphill battle on making the team, you think? I think so. I think they they simply saw a guy who was 6'5", 338 pounds, a defensive tackle, which these days, as Joe Shane has told us, way back when at the combine, he said, those guys are hard to find. Those big bodies, they don't grow them on trees. And so if you can get one out of a major Div Division One program, what you do is you take a flyer. I think he and Owens are the two most likely to find themselves on the practice squad. Okay. Hey, look, we're in a good space if the Giants are using two draft picks and have to try to sneak them through in the on the practice squad. That means the roster has extremely improved in all areas. And by the way, also screams why the Giants should have to kind of well-rounded this traded up in rounds one and uh, and three, because look, you're already talking about two guys on the back end. You, you maybe have to sneak in on the practice. Exactly. Squad. And he didn't have to dip in the next year's draft, yep. which he said he'd be willing to do. And he didn't have to do it. So overall, Paul, we're giving this a big old A. I'm giving it an A. Well, I, I, I don't grade drafts until three years out, but it's I just think a smart thing to do. I think based on what the Giants did, the value, the, the the positions that where they got them, the need, et cetera, et cetera, you'd have to say the Giants absolutely, with their 11 free agents and their seven rookies, they have clearly, unequivocally improved this team in several spots. And I don't think you or anybody else could look at this roster and say there is a gaping hole that they're desperate to fill. They've done a really solid job here. There may be a couple of spots that are a little thinner. Well, you might have a little bit of a question. Ah, what's the depth going to be? But there are no gaping holes here anymore, Sean. The Giants, the Giants are a team to be reckoned with. All right. Well, Paul, I hope I can catch up with you again soon, but not knowing when I'm going to catch up with you again, I just need you to answer this. Now you just mentioned the roster improvement. Will the Giants be 0-4 versus the Cowboys and Eagles again in 2023? I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think that they've necessarily overtaken Philadelphia, which also had a very no, nice draft. They, they have not. I understand that. Okay, so I think maybe they've helped that gap close a little bit. And if Jalen Hurts winds up coming backwards, who knows what could happen? But I think the Eagles still have the best roster, at least as we sit here today in the division. I think unequivocally the Giants have the second best roster in the division, though. So I'm not. I'm not concerned about losing two games to Dallas. You heard that, Cowboys fans? Paul Latino's got you.